You are now listening to the first solo episode of News Review. I'm an F, and I will try my best to get back into the swing of things here. Because I'm not sure how I used to host this show. But uh, Let's start you guys off with a nice spring sale, shall we? Uh, Bandai Namco is participating. You know, they pretty much love to throw on a sale. Like, for anything, basically. Uh, you know what they usually have on sale. You've got your Dragon Ball Fighters, Digimon, uh, Xenoverse, uh, let's see, Namco Museum, My Hero One's Justice, Naruto titles, One Piece titles, uh, Pac-Man titles, Sword Art Online, Hollow Realization, and Tales of Asperia. Uh, along with Tycho no Tatsujin. And this sale lasts all the way until April 20th. Uh, at 11.59 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. Meaning uh, on the East Coast that would be uh, 2.59 a.m. Uh, April 21st. Uh, so all of those games are up to 85% off, so you may want to get on while you can. Um, but then again, again, like I just said, Bandai Namco has a sale for everything <laughs> at any time. And of course, uh, well, maybe not of course, but Sega is also getting in on the spring sale. It lasts until the 17th, uh, same time as the last one. Uh, of course, you know, they have their Sonic games on sale. They've got Mario and Sonic Olympic games on sale. They have the uh, human version of the Olympic games video game on sale. It's $10 currently. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers is on sale. Uh, let's see. Puyo Puyo Champions as well as Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. Uh, Super Monkey Ball titles are on sale. And Sega Ages titles are also on sale. Uh, let's see. I believe that's about it. Uh, Valkyria is on sale. Oh, and get this. There are actually some 3DS titles on sale. Including the likes of Shin Megami Tensei 4 and Persona Q. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, Etrian Odyssey. I heard quite a bit about that during the 3DS's reign, but I'm not too familiar with what that's about. But yeah, several 3DS Shin Megami Tensei titles are on sale currently. Again, uh, Sega's sale ends on the 17th, and uh, these titles seem to be up to 80% off. So, might. You, you might want to snag uh, at least a few of these casual games, if nothing else. Uh, a lot of them, especially the Sega Ages titles, uh, under 5 and $3. So you can't really beat that. 11-Bit uh, Studios uh, is allowing uh, consumers to save up to 95% on their titles. Uh, it ends April 16th at the same time as the other two sales. Uh, 
and that's pretty much it see we we're always improving on this show um i'm gonna try to zoom through the sales because that's not what we're here for now to get into the news shall we so i first want to start off with um something i may have missed i may have missed a nintendo direct or something but i do not recognize this uh disney speedstorm racing game apparently it's going to be free to play with um seasonal uh dlc releases um I mean, there's nothing really much to it, except, like, you know, they have iconic characters, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's coming this summer, and the latest addition to the roster is Baloo from The Jungle Book. Um, again, I just thought I'd mention this because I had no clue this was even a thing. Um, it's developed by Gameloft, the same people that make Asphalt, you know, the games that you play in the computer lab at school, uh, when you're in a home study or simply just like when you're supposed to be doing work and you're not. But anyway, um, wow, I just, <laughs> I honestly can't believe I missed that somehow. Again, free to play with seasonal DLC releases. <clears throat> Okay, now I kind of want to next get into a bigger discussion. Uh, and this is concerning... Uh, what's the word? Uh, there is no single word to encompass it, but games based on another form of medium. And in this case, it's not a book which would have been more acceptable but it's from a TV show Star Trek Prodigy Supernova is coming to Nintendo Switch later this year <laughs> and even Nintendo Life here says and the subtitle a very tired Friday evening headline we know <laughs> I mean that right there should tell you like uh... anyway <laughs> Um, I don't really care for what this game is supposed to bring. It's it, it. I really just wanted to quickly go over why do we keep doing this to ourselves? I mean, I feel like they only do it to get word out that it is a TV show and they don't really care all that much about how the video game does. But luckily, like over the past... At least the past six, seven years, it's only been games, uh, it's only been like movies or TV shows that were made for children that they uh, make video games for. And of course, you know, if the kids like the cartoon, of course they're going to buy the video game, or, or rather get their parents to buy the video game, thinking it is going to be good as well. But I'm, I'm, I now want to know, is it more than just a marketing tactic like do they actually think they can make a good game I don't think so um, I honestly just feel like it's a waste of money there are other ways to market a movie or TV show this is not one of them you're paying several people thousands of dollars to make um, a mediocre product and that's 
that's not fair to the parents that end up buying these games for their children. Who, which, whom probably won't even finish the games to begin with. Or complain and get them to take it back. All oh, this riffraff. It, it just needs to stop. Do your job better. Okay. Um, here's a zany one for you. Uno gets Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC. Uh, it's available now. Uh, why? <laughs> Not much more than that. Um, it was one that they added before, and they went to the lengths of re-releasing Uno on at least Nintendo Switch. I'm not sure about other platforms, but they re-released the game. I'm not sure if you can play online on the normal one still, but the new one doesn't include Uno Flip. You now have to buy Uno Flip. And I'm like, why would I get rid of the software that I have just to reinstall that? So I'm hoping there's some crossover there because there's no way you're going to get me to buy Uno again. Like, the only reason why I got it the first time was because it was on sale. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, not happening. But I can't remember what that other game was that they added. Uh... Yeah, but that's crazy. The DLC is $5. They're literally just skin overlays on cards. Like, are you serious? And they'll have like three special cards or something like that exclusive to the deck. And I'm like, that's so stupid. I want to use so many choice words right now for this. It's dumb. There's no other way to describe that. It It's unacceptable. Five dollars for a card pack for a digital game. This is why Ubisoft is becoming a new EA. Um, so Rivals of Ether is apparently getting a sequel. I didn't even know people still played this enough. No shade to them because they they did great work on um, giving indies the uh, appreciation that Smash was reluctant to do. Um, they're getting a sequel with 3D graphics and they're targeting 2024 as a release year. Um, now it's, hmm, how do I say this? Are they gonna make it a 3D platform fight? Like, how does that even work? Uh, let me, let me watch the trailer here. Because I have no idea how this is going to work, like, whatsoever. I mean, I personally don't like the way it is now, because, I, I, I mean, I get the indie love. Uh, you kind of want to go the route of uh, keeping in tune with the... Uh, with the way they were originally done. Okay, I'm stupid. They're literally just going to make it look like Smash now. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> they, I mean, they said 3D fighter. Well, 3D graphics. So, I mean, I wasn't sure if it was going to be like Naruto or... Like, you could have abandoned the platform motto altogether. And that's why I said, because it said 3D graphics. And I, 
uh, gonna be a 3D fighter, uh, 3D platform fighter specifically. But it's looking good. It's looking good. Uh, I hope those license agreements work out uh, in favor once more for a project that's ambitious. Because I, I, even at my younger age, uh, back in like 2010, I was saying Smash needs a viable competitor. And Rivals of Aether is a good one, but it's not a big enough name for them to like fully challenge them. Sony about it the wrong way. Um, Xbox could possibly, possibly be a good one. Uh, but I don't think Microsoft is too interested in that, if I'm being honest. Um, okay, we're not doing that. But yeah, uh, it looks promising. I hope it works out. Uh, just going to read from Nintendo Life here. Uh, <clears throat> if you were a fan of Dan Fornacci. Okay, I don't. I'm not sure what his name is. I'm sorry. Smash like 2D fighter rivals of Ether. You might want to keep an eye out for Ether Studios' next project, Rivals 2. Okay, are they actually gonna call it Rivals 2? I mean, I'm not against that. Um, it's a. Th I, f I feel like they even they only even named it Rivals of Ether just so they could like attach their studio's name to it, which is a really good idea. It's a 3D style sequel to the original game and is currently targeting a 2024 release. At the moment, no systems have been confirmed, but the aim is to release it on as many platforms as possible, obviously, like they did last time. While competitive play will be the main focus during development, of course it will be. The team says it's laying the foundations to create an amazing single-player experience. That's interesting. As for the mechanics, the second game will be taking inspiration from other platform fighters by introducing shields, grabs, and ledges. Wait, you mean to tell me that wasn't in Rivals of Ether? <laughs> Many of the same mechanics will also be returning. You can learn more on the official Rivals 2 FAQ page. That's not all, though. In the lead-up to this big reveal, Ether Studios also announced a new Rogue Light... Light? movement roguelike turn-based game called Dungeons of Eater. It's set in the same universe and oh and we'll see players control four new heroes as they uncover the mysteries of Jules Vale Caverns or take grueling challenge dungeons. Here's a look. Okay, I'm watching the video currently. Um it said turn based, so I'm already like set on not playing this just because like Turn-based combat, I'm really particular. Um, the characters have to grab me outright. Uh, I'm just not a fan, too big a fan of the pixelated art style. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, unless it's Earthbound. Don't get me wrong. Oh, it kind of looks like Earthbound, though. Darn. <laughs> and here I was trying to mark this off of getting into wallet. <laughs> But uh, looking at how they release games, this will obviously come to the Nintendo Switch or at least its successor. Uh, probably a dual release. Uh, <clears throat> this is looking good. Wow. Okay. I'll, I'm uh, coming to Steam. Okay. 
I'm hoping they release other platforms soon after. It, 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 it looks like it's gonna be a bit of fun, you know. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna get into some Bandai Namco uh, stories. We've got two of them for you here. I just thought I'd go along uh, with a retrospective type story. Uh, Bandai Namco has officially launched its new logo. So from now on, anytime they release a game, they will be using that logo that everyone hated so much on Twitter. It's now officially happened as of the beginning of April. The new logo can be seen on the company's website, products, YouTube, and its social media accounts. <coughs> All right. I mean, I like the simplicity of it. Um, <coughs> I do miss the old logo, however, representing the merged companies. But, I mean, that was over a decade ago right so I understand them wanting to move into um, a new era here so here's a quote from them uh, fun for all into the future Bandai Namco exists to share dreams fun and inspiration with people around the world connecting people in societies and the enjoyment of uniquely entertaining products and services we're working to create a brighter future for everyone the speech bubble also represents Japan, Japan's mag. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> the speech bubble also represents Japan's manga culture that has become so popular everywhere. The logo stands for our determination to communicate with fans worldwide, to connect with our fans, and to create entertainment unique to Bandai Namco. So, I know it sounds stupid, but get me on this. Just hear me out. I wasn't aware that they knew they were using a speech bubble. Um, however, I do like that. I'm, I now really respect the logo change and what it's supposed to represent. That's really good. For the motif, uh, going back to the quote, for the motif color, we sent questionnaires to employees around the world to gather their thoughts about words that express images associated with the aims of the group. From, in, from among the words that were frequently mentioned, we selected candidate colors throughout through scientific methods. Okay, really? <laughs> Linking words with colors. From among these candidates, we selected a bright red color that creates an impression that is enthusiastic, fun, active, and bold. I mean, it, 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 first off, I'm just going to be honest here. Um... This was not read on Twitter. It was most definitely um I don't want to say hot pink, but it was probably hot pink. Um but I mean it had like kind of like a bright afterglow if that makes sense. But yeah, I don't remember this being red at all. I remember this being like a neon pink. There we go. I don't like the red. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like the red. I don't like the red speech bubble. Um, huh. I mean, again, I like that it's a speech bubble. What that represents is a really good thing. So good on them. 
But we're going to move over here to uh, the next arcade archives game is Pac-Land. I honestly didn't think Nintendo cared enough to even continue to support this. Mostly because uh, NSO is a thing. So I thought they would try and coerce developers and publishers to get into using NSO uh, as a as opposed to other options such as Arcade Archives. I wasn't even sure why they started Arcade Archives if they knew they were going to have NSO because they have Super Mario Brothers versus in Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong I believe on Arcade Archives but those are like the three biggest games they have done and will do. I think it was literally just to let developers know like hey this is a thing look at what we can bring to it and that was it. The only unique game to get on that platform was Super Mario Brothers Versus because that's not, I don't believe that, I believe that was like an arcade exclusive. <laughs> um, which makes sense, it lines up with the name, right? But Nintendo had Ice Climber as an arcade game. They've had the other Donkey Kong games as arcade games. So I just don't understand why it's being underutilized by the people that even came up with the concept. It's it's unbelievably frustrating. All right. But I'm glad to see a company as big as Bandai Namco making use of it. <clears throat> and I'm sorry if I sound a little um tired, guys. Uh just got off work. Uh it's after 1 a.m. <laughs> So, uh, bear with me, if you will. So, we're just going to mosey on over here to Sega-centric news. Um, a bit removed from the Nintendo Switch part. Um, actually, I'm not going to report that. Uh, that was kind of boring. Uh, so... Uh, this one is more of a talking point. <clears throat> uh, Atlas releases streaming guidelines for Switch version of 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. And you guys know how I feel about Cloud... Well, do you? Yeah, you guys know how I feel about uh, Cloud versions of... on uh, Cloud versions of Nintendo Switch games. <clears throat> so we're just going to read from Nintendo Life here. Although 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim has been available on other platforms for a few years now, Atlas is still concerned about spoilers in the lead up to the Switch version's release next week. <clears throat> what? To combat this, oh, okay, so look, my bad. I thought this was saying it was going to be a cloud version game. I'm sorry. But this is interesting still. So it's a good read. To combat this, it's enforcing streamer guidelines to ensure nobody ruins the surprise. Here's the breakdown. Streamers will be required to warn viewers of spoilers in the title of their streams. So everyone is aware of this before clicking on a video. 
It also doesn't want any spoilers in the description or thumbnail images either. It doesn't end there. Atlas also forbids anyone from streaming past the ending cutscene after the final battle. In fact, you can't even replay the final cutscene in the game's video archive. Here's precisely what it said, courtesy of Silicon Era. Additionally, please do not stream content past the ending cutscene after the final battle or replay the final cutscenes within the game's archive. <clears throat> I think that's a bit much, but I definitely get it, don't get me wrong. Um, I would probably agree with that, just depending on how good the game is, but I watched the trailer, I'm not interested. Streamers will also be required to mention the copyright of, okay, really? Really? Also doesn't want anyone streaming the game's soundtrack by itself. Okay, we get that, though. But mentioning the copyright, really? Like, the game doesn't already do that. Get out of here. Get out of here. And for anyone who plans to play this game on Switch when it is released next week, be aware that there are probably already spoilers floating around as the game was originally released on PlayStation 4 uh, back in 2019 and 2020. Okay. Uh, I mean, th those are pretty reasonable guidelines except the whole mention copyright thing. But I definitely get that. Uh, the rest of that stuff, even like the post uh final battle cutscenes i get it i do um i just wanted to quickly mention since i had the story up here that's kind of crazy that they actually released chocobo gp like that's a real thing but apparently they released um <clears throat> a patch uh fixing various online issues so, uh, you people out there that missed your chocobos, you've got an update for the game. I could not make that interesting, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, I just wanted to bring this up since it uh, was in the previous Nintendo Direct. Square Enix, oh, we were... We started on the Square Enix stories. Uh, <laughs> it was just two of them. Square Enix shows off Chrono Cross Remaster comparison screenshots. Because I was actually upset that it looked old still. But looking at these screenshots, I've got to say, I was wrong. Uh, this is definitely an improvement. I mean, even the concept art, that is beautiful. Okay, I've got to give them that. It must just be the uh, art style that made it look not appealing, right? Wow, we. That's, pro uh, that's basically dawn and dusk right there. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, also, recall that uh, it will... Well, it is available uh, since April 7th, so... 
why not go ahead and go for it if you're interested in Chrono Trigger? Here's, uh, I believe, what's the prequel? Or just, like, the first game in this series, I believe. Uh, and when we return, we will uh, begin Nintendo-focused stories. We'll be right back. my stylus would work and welcome back uh, <clears throat> so we're gonna wrap up with the Nintendo focus stories here uh, the Metroid Dread uh, second free update dropped uh, it came with boss rush mode uh, I haven't played it in a while but I felt I don't I don't even know how to describe how how I felt exactly when I finished that game but it was it was unlike any other experience at least from a platform game like I've never played a platform adventure like this I mean I played other M but Metroid Dread was just something else entirely uh I mean just from the secrets to how elaborate the shine spark ones were i <laughs> i looked those up i looked up like 10 of them because the ones that were left were like very particular and you would not have got it gotten it unless you like really thought outside of what's considered normal to do but yeah um i suppose i'll go ahead and update it in get into boss mode okay wait it's more than just boss rush uh <clears throat> so we have survival rush a mode where players see how many bosses they can defeat inside of the five minute time limit okay well that's not really a survival is it <laughs> uh any damage received or weapons spent are carried over into the next battle oh so they're saying okay I think I get it. Even if time remains on the clock, Samus being defeated will result in a game over. Defeating a boss will add a fixed amount of time to the countdown clock. Okay, there we go. Defeat a boss without receiving any damage to receive an even bigger time bonus. Yeah, right. Survival Rush is unlocked by completing either Boss Rush or Dread Rush. Whoa. <laughs> Dread Rush. Okay, let's see what that's about. The basic rules are the same as in Boss Rush, but if Samus is hit by a boss, her energy drops to zero. No, 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 no. See, <laughs> that's a no automatically because <laughs> there are two bosses I can think of right now where it's just impossible for me to not get hit. Uh, bosses fought in Dread Rush can be fought one on one at any time by selecting practice. <clears throat> Unlocked by clearing the main game using Dread Mode. Oh, okay, I ain't got to worry about that anyway. <laughs> I didn't update you guys, but I am... Hello? I didn't even know that Hard Mode was a thing. I thought that Metroid Dread's version of Hard Mode was Dread Mode. So, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. In the event that a player has completed Dread Mode before the update was released, they will be able to play Dread Rush immediately after updating. Okay, cool. 
yeah, there's no way. <laughs> not at all. Um, but yes, yeah, very fun game. If you have not played Metroid Dread, I strongly recommend that you do. Like, oh, life-changing, life-changing. And I don't say that about too many video games because I'm very picky, but yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to talk about it. I guess we could make a thing of it. Lego Princess Peach. I, I understood when they did the Super Mario uh, collaboration, it was going to sell well. But I cannot believe they've gotten this far to Peach. It's just weirding me out. I don't like it. This is the first time, like, this whole collaboration is the first time that Legos have, like, actual faces. And it's weird. I'm I'm not going to pretend that this is something wonderful to gawk at. It's not. <laughs> it's just straight up weird. And for some reason, like, she has a heart in the middle of, like, her hair it's like made up of her hair i guess i'm sorry for the sniffling guys um <clears throat> but yeah that's hmm. yeah no <laughs> i just can't believe this thing is still going so we've got a few talking points here amongst uh some fun doodads but uh I want to start off with Mario Golf being the next uh, NSO game. So, you came out with Mario Golf Super Rush nearly a year before. Not pushing that in any huge way outside of the first, what, three months and then you do this, what even is the point of having a game like Mario Golf? That's literally wasting everyone's time. Literally. No one in their right mind is paying $50 a year because, oh man, I've got to get my nostalgia fix for Mario Golf. No. <laughs> no. It. it... <clears throat> I just can't believe that Nintendo still does stuff like this man why and to think i was so tempted to sign up for the expansion pack for uh f-zero x i think it was <laughs> yeah no <clears throat> still not still not buying it it's Moving on to something that I was kind of hoping wouldn't become a thing, but <clears throat> here we are. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 director says he's open to making a Smash Bros. movie. So, as soon as I saw this, I immediately went to no third parties. <clears throat> I understand Sega would be open to it, that's an obvious given, but... If anyone had paid attention to the things Sakurai talked about simply in the debut direct for Smash Ultimate, Cloud barely got in. So if you're having license issues like that for a video game, you don't need to jump through hoops like this for a movie. 
And not even just that. Everyone's going to want a significant piece of the pie. There's not going to be... The movie would not be profitable simply because the budget would be wicked high. Um, Even with just cameo appearances, the budget would be wicked high. Um, You're going to have have to have an ensemble of a cast. There can be nothing lackluster about this project. It's way too ambitious Um, Even if they did stick to first parties, again, there's just so many people that you have to pay like they obviously you don't have to have everyone talking in it, but it would help if you had a lot of at least one major character from each franchise. And I mean, even when you're considering just Nintendo IPs, there's over 30 of them in the game. That's a lot of people. Okay. So, uh, we're going to read the quote here from uh, Jeff Fowler, the movie director for Sonic 2. Nothing would make me happier than to just throw all the characters into a battle royale and do a big Smash Bros thing. That would probably require some work from the lawyers before that could happen. Getting Mario and Sonic in the ring, I mean, everyone would be kind of dying for that, right? That's just classic. Not necessarily. That doesn't really impress me at all. What would impress me is a cohesive storyline explaining how these characters would even be able to come together the way that they do. And I feel Subspace Emissary, um, with how limited of a time frame that they had, they did a great job at doing just that. Um, they didn't need explanation of where they were and how they got there. But since this is a movie, there's going to be way more dialogue. I mean, there was hardly any in Subspace Emissary, but this is a completely different baby, and I would rather them just... Uh... <laughs> I'm not going to finish that analogy because it was going to end badly, but... Basically, just leave this puppy alone. Uh, (laughs) It'll grow up just fine without anyone bothering it, okay? (laughs) Let the puppy fend for itself. It's in a great environment as it is. Okay. (laughs) I really tried to get myself out of that one. Uh, (laughs) um, Former Nintendo HQ Hotel, Marufuku. Marufukuro is now open. Um, I wasn't aware that it was closed, personally. But we're going to read here from Nintendo Life. <clears throat> Back in January, we shared some photos that emerged from the refurbishment of Nintendo's iconic former headquarters, which is now a hotel called Marufukuro. It's certainly aiming for the higher end of the market, a double room reservation on the official website. Starts at around 700 a night, and that's with an introductory 10% discount. It has a relatively small number of rooms available in the original building, with an annex ensuring the hotel can welcome more guests. Hmm. Okay. The original building is certainly the hub, though, and the website emphasizes that the owners have strived to retain the history of Nintendo's card business and the Yamauchi family while also having a modern feel. That's good. 
Okay, because that would have been my worry. <clears throat> that you wouldn't see any evidence that the Yamauchis actually existed there. That's really good. Kagiyako? Kagiyacho? I'm sorry. I, I, I know I'm butchering that. Uh, but it's... Uh, I'm guessing that's a prefecture in Kyoto. Uh, tracing back to 1889, there stood <coughs> the very first head office of Nintendo. The landmark is once again brought back to life, transformed into the brand new hotel Marufukuro. With a newly built an annex designed by Tadao Ando, Marufukuro brings an old-time stately ambiance and a modern approach together okay it's quite the statement uh apart from rooms there are restaurant areas a lounge and a lab library <coughs> okay the library embodies nintendo's history and culture as interpreted by founder okay they they must have uh had a moment there by the Yamauchi family. The unique space is filled with playful, original items weaving a story encompassing memories from the past and thoughts on the future. If, you're, if ever you're in Kyoto and have a reasonable budget at hand, it may be worth a stay. It may be, and I just might book me a stay there. <clears throat> I've always wanted to experience at least something from Nintendo, and they don't really just allow people inside their headquarters, which is understandable. So that's the next next best thing, right? Heck, that's probably even better since it was the OG HQ. Uh, so here's a big thing. We randomly started getting uh, online missions and rewards for Nintendo Switch Online uh, members. <clears throat> and it came in the form of new system icons, frames, and backgrounds. So, when you do purchase these with the My Nintendo Silver Points, they don't show up on the system menu. You have to assemble them in the NSO app on the Nintendo Switch console. And their randomizer algorithm is actually quite good. Because that's all I used to make my icons out of the different um, <clears throat> frames, backgrounds, and characters that I purchased. Uh, but yeah, you can arrange them any way you want. Uh, you can have a colored background or you can use the backgrounds that, you, that are available for purchase. It's really good. <clears throat> this month though, April, we have more Animal Crossing uh, characters, any characters that have their birthdays in the month of April and we have Splatoon themed uh, uh, items so I think this was uh, a really nice touch but I think this is also going to be the future of how they update stuff like this and what I mean by that is I think this is also where we're going to get our system themes from. Maybe a stretch. But I mean, I could see it happening. 
<clears throat> and that would actually be pretty cool. But then soon after that, we had the 14.1 system update come out and it added uh, unclaimed platinum points earned from completing Nintendo Switch online missions on your Nintendo Switch system will generate notifications. Note that Nintendo Switch online missions and rewards are not available in some countries and regions. Okay, that's interesting. Setting these notifications to off will hide the notifications sent when there are unclaimed platinum points. <clears throat> uh, oh yeah, and the, and the update before that, which was system versions uh, 14.0, we finally got groups, or what people would call folders, for our software. Uh... I honestly didn't think we would get it, like at all. <laughs> this is what year five, year six. We're just now getting a feature like this. This is year six, year six. Sold over a hundred million of these things, <laughs> and we're just now getting folders. Well. That's Nintendo for you. Uh, prioritization on certain things are weird. Just like it took us five years to get Bluetooth audio compatibility natively. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much it for this episode of News Review. You guys, uh, thank you for sticking with me. Uh, make sure you share this with people that you feel will enjoy this sort of content. And I will catch you in the next one, attempting to provide you with even more uh, solo news reviews. I want to be able to put out more content for you guys, so look forward to it. I'll catch you later.